It's just so good to be with you. Susan, so good to see you. So good to be here. And it's so good to be comfortable in the presence of the Lord, isn't it? Just so good to be with family, and we are family. And I'm just excited to see what God has done in the continuation of the move of God and how God continues on. Because, you know, it's always just so tragic when you, you work so hard and you plow and you plant and you impart and you, you um, work so hard and then things don't continue on. It's so exciting to come back and to see the lives that, that, that you've changed and you've touched and, and then they go on and they touch lives and you, you've stirred people up and you've, you've valued the things that are on the inside of them. And that's what I'm here to do today is I'm here to continue to challenge you and invest something in you because I love you. I, I wish I could just group hug us all together and just, just share with you just how precious you really are just together. How wonderful. And just, I'm just excited and excited to be here. And I want to tell you how thankful I am for people that continue to believe in me. How precious it is. Not only do I believe in you, and not only did we see something in Pastors Eric and Shelley and believe in them and see the gifting and the awesomeness on the inside of them and, and look at what they've done and how blessed you are to have them here to lead you and to, to guide you into Oh, they're just ooey, yummy, aren't they? And, and just awesome. And, and I, our time with them last night, Johnny and I just, I mean, we finally peeled away and, and I went to the room at, I think, 1130 and Johnny didn't come up till later and it was hard to peel away. And, uh, just, to watch what they've done and look at this building and how God has blessed you and the reach that you have in this city and, and the lives, obviously, that are being transformed and changed. I just think you're so blessed. I think that basket should just, that gold basket that was up here should just be bubbling over and flooding over and because you just can't do enough to have leadership like this in your lives and to embrace them that way and to really value and appreciate and pour back into the people that spill into your lives and continue on for 13 years because you know I know churches that that um have pastors for four or five years and then have pastors for four or five years and pastors for four and five years and dear Jesus, you know, I, I just like that longevity. I like that, uh, people that continue with a vision and a, and a passion for a community in a city, uh, to, to just go on and on and on. I want people to go on and on and on and on and on with me. Does that make sense? And so I just love you and appreciate what you've done and, and your vision and your love for me. And for this invitation today, because I'm excited. This is a new beginning for me, Amen. a new, a new beginning and a, a new beginning for Johnny and I. And, um, I just love the way, um, that Eric and Shelley love. I love the way that they love, um, Jerry and Virginia. I know where did Jerry go? Where is he? He's in the back. He's doing something administrative somewhere. He's doing all kinds of things, his, all kinds of wonderful things, like always. Um, oh, my goodness. You know, we can get so comfortable and so, um, what is the word that I want to use here? Um, things can become, that are so wonderful and amazing, which is what we're going to talk about today, can become so routine to us if we're not careful. Like the glorious word that came forth, the, prof the prophetic that, that um, Virginia moves in. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I love it. I just, oh, my goodness. When she started, I was like, oh, I want to just walk with her while she's doing that. And I thought, you know, you, I don't know how often, do you still do that almost every week? Does God, like, flow in you? I'm just thinking, do you know how incredible that is? You know, it's just, and it, we can get so, so uh, that can become so routine to you. And it should be so precious that God would choose to do that every week. To bless you with that. I just think, wow. Wow. You know, that's what I think when God does something like that is, wow. How incredible is that? 
that he does things like that in your midst and that you have that here in Woodward, Oklahoma. Do you know how many churches in this city don't have never seen that, have never felt that, have never experienced God like you get to experience him in this place? I just think there's probably not another church in the city like that. Of course I feel that way. But I think it must be true, probably. Pastoring this church, I never was able to venture out much, but uh, I would imagine that to be true. You know, I think you're just like the most blessed, lucky people in the world to get to be here. I just am so excited for you. And probably next week, every seat will be full. Don't you imagine? Because you're going to realize today just how incredibly wonderful what you have is. So your reach, we're going to talk about that today. You're going to stretch. Okay, I want you just to reach normal. Take your hands and just do a normal reach. It's easy. Don't, don't push. Just hold your arms out. Okay, now I want you to stretch a little bit. See how much further you can reach when you stretch just a little bit? So when we leave today, this is what you're going to do. Your reach is going to increase because you're going to stretch a little bit further. And that's all we have to do to fill this place. That's all we have to do. How easy was that? That was so easy for me. And do you know that's how I live my life? I don't do what's comfortable. I don't always do what I feel like I want to do. I do what I need to do. And my husband can testify to this. That's what I do. Now I'm going to introduce you to him before I ramble further, okay, and and go on further. Um, uh, First of all, I want to thank those of you that came to support me today. And um, now I want to introduce you um, to my husband and the best pops in the world. The most wonderful, loving, and handsome Johnny Roby. Johnny, would you stand up? Spin around so everybody can see how wonderful. Stand up, honey. Stand up. Turn around. He's so wonderful. He's so handsome. He is yummy and delicious. And I love him. And he's my Boaz. And God was so good to me as I began my journey. As you know, when Tony went home to be with the Lord, and my world turned upside down. And I'll talk a little bit about that in one of my points this morning. And um, one, one day, um, Ty had ordered a concordance. And by the way, let me t- tell you a little bit about the boys. We have five boys together. 27, 28, 29, right, Johnny? Johnny has to help me with this. I'm not real good with numbers. And two 35-year-olds. Isn't that cool? So I have a 35-year-old, and he does, because obviously Chris did not have a twin. And um, Chris is married to Jackie, and they have Kale, who is four, okay? Kale is wonderful. Boy, Kale. All right, then we have Jeff, who is fiancé. They'll be married in June. Ashley, drippy, wonderful, yummy, loving. Love her. Then we have Shelby. How many of y'all remember Shelby? Pastor Eric, lift your hand up. (laughs) Shelby would not be alive if it weren't for Pastor Eric. I'm going to take Pastor Eric back to Oklahoma City with us, so (laughs) Pastor Shelly, you're on. Um, Shelby has Kennedy Boo Girl. She is six. And then Shelby has Christy, his wife, who is... Oh, I don't know what we'd do without Christy. She has wings. She floats on a cloud. She has fairy dust. She has a halo. What else, Johnny? She carries a magic wand. She's glorious. She's fabulous. She loves me. She just gave me the best birthday gift a year ago in the whole entire world. And Johnny is the best pops to Cash, man. His name is Cash. We love his name, too. He's wonderful. He's got red hair. He's just alive, just like his daddy. He just started walking, and he's into everything, and he's wonderful. So they're all wonderful and busy and alive, and everything's good. So Kennedy's six. Cash is one. Ty is so handsome. I don't know. Have any of you seen Ty lately? Faye and Jean have. Oh. Isn't he yummy? Ooh, he's yummy, delicious, single. Um, 
they all go to Life Church in Oklahoma City, so they all love Jesus, they're on fire for God. Um, Ty's just yummy. He's just yummy. He's just wonderful. He uh, it has Claire, who is eight, who is brilliant and smart and genius and fabulous. And I have lots of pictures. We have videos on our phone, so if you have any time and you want to know more about them, um, we have lots we can show you and share with you about them. But uh, the Lord blessed me with Johnny. And Johnny was like a parachute from heaven. And um, you have a Johnny. I am so excited for you. Johnnies are wonderful. They are wonderful. And so the Lord sent, I began to believe God for a Boaz. I got hold of this book. Okay, back to Ty. Ty ordered this concordance. And he got this concordance. Well, with this concordance came the free gift. How many of you ladies know all about the free gift? You go to, to the to Dillard's to get the makeup, which you don't need. And then you get the free gift that you really don't want, right? Um... So with the concordance came the free gift, and with, it was this book called uh, by Perry Stone. Have you all ever heard of Perry Stone? He's a prophet. Um, and it's called Lay It On Me, Lord, the most incredible book I have ever read in my life. And if you're single, you for sure need to read it, and if you're not, you should read it anyway. Uh, it's just the, the most incredible book, and it's the story about Ruth and Boaz. And I've read that book like I read my Bible over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And he called me and he said, Mom, I really think this God sent me this book for you. And I got hold of that book. And I began to seek the face of God because I had come to the point, I just said, you know, God sent me to the mission field. I'm ready to go to Honduras and just, you know, if it hadn't been for the babies, I would have lived there. And... um got hold of this book and so I began to believe God that if God had a husband for me that God would help him to find me that that would be a good thing that because the bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing it doesn't say that if she that finds a husband finds a good thing it's not it was uh, ladies if you're single raise your hand oh there aren't many of you in here wow okay it's not your responsibility to find a husband did you know that i mean just relax it's their responsibility to find you so i said then let him find me and johnny so you don't want to hear the story because it's too long but johnny found me and so it was kind of like i he was like a parachute from heaven and he he parachuted down and has fostered and nurtured our family and god has blended our lives together um and we'll have been married three years in april so i thank the lord for him and and um we're on on a journey together and so it's amazing. And so what I want to talk to you about this morning, and I'm going to title my message, is Living Life Forward. So everybody get a pencil and paper, because okay, that's just real important. Y'all remember me from way back when? Way back when. You have to have a paper and a pencil or a pen. And if you don't have one, find a woman sitting close by. They always have ink pens and paper in their purse, right? Because if you're going to, or a, or a pad, some of you have all that modern technology going on, so you have a iPad, your phones. It used to really bother me when I saw people with telephones uh, in church, and then I realized that some people were, were further along than I was, and it didn't really mean they were texting. Some people do text in church. Spanking, spanking, spanking. That's what we do to cash. Spanking, spanking, spanking. Don't be texting in church or Googling and doing all that other stuff. Right? Surf, surfing the web. Is that what that you call it? You have to be Bibling it. Right? So, pieces of paper. Come on. Everybody get a piece of paper and a pen. All right. Because you're going to want to take notes. You're going to learn something today. Hallelujah. Living life forward. You know, oftentimes, it is so easy to lose sight of amazing. Say the word amazing with me. Okay, say it like, do you all know what amazing means? Amazing is amazing. Okay, so say amazing. Amazing. Okay, that was a little bit better. Okay, amazing. Um, Even being a possibility, much less a reality, because of life. Okay, so we're going to talk about living life forward, and this is what we're going to talk about, is embracing the amazing life. I'm looking at myself here. Turn her over. Okay. Um. Embracing the amazing life God has for you. Because I believe that the life that God has for you is amazing. 
I really do. I believe it. I believe it with every fiber of my being. You say, yeah, but you don't know. Yeah, but I do know. (laughs) I really do know. You know, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, you know, I know what it's like to be abased and abound. And you know what he was really saying was, I really know what it's like to be at the bottom and be at the top. I'm telling you what. I know what it's like to be at the very bottom and to be at the very top. And I know this, I have a greater revelation and greater navigation skills than I've ever had before. My message has not changed. I'm just telling you that. The profoundness of who he is in me is greater because the revelation has increased. Okay? That God has an amazing life for you. But you choose and I choose what I'm going to do with that life he's given me. I can move my life forward. I can live my story forward. Or I can just do nothing with what he's given me. And I can five years later, five years on down the road, be right where I am today. How many of y'all have ever done that? You, you get, you, you're five years down the road and you think, I'm right where I was five years ago. And I finally did that. You know, I had people calling me to speak and asking me to preach. And, you know, I just didn't feel like the timing was right. And it just seemed like I was just in this place and I was stuck. It just seemed like I couldn't get motivation, I couldn't get direction, I couldn't maneuver, I couldn't navigate my way, and I just felt like I was in this water and I was treading, but there was just no forward motion. I mean, how many of you have ever been there? Have you ever been there? And it just seemed like I there was just nothing happening, and I was I felt abandoned, I felt lost, I felt directionless. I mean, it was just like I couldn't seem to figure, figure it out. I just couldn't seem to find my way. But I'm telling you, there comes a point in time when we have to make that choice, which I've done, I've done today. That's what I'm doing. This is my first time. As I sat there, I thought, six, seven, maybe eight years. But I said, Father, I just know what you put in me is there. Obviously, what he put in you is there. What are you doing with it? It's still there. And I challenge you. I'm here to just stir the pot and just make you upset with me if I have to, to get you to do something with your life. Because time is not slowing down. It's not stopping for you just to sit and do nothing and then to decide, hi, Glennis. You know, for you to just, waiting, you know, God's not just going to sit here and say, okay, Pause until, you know, Shauna decides she's going to get off it and do something. No, I'm here, you know, to just get you worked up and do whatever it takes, light a fire underneath you to do something wonderful with the amazing life that God has given you. And I made a decision. You know what? I'm going for it. I'm going for it. I'm saying yes, yes. Every time an opportunity comes, I'm saying yes, yes, yes. That's what we've got to do. We've got to begin to realize and embrace. I want you to say this with me. God has something amazing for my life. Okay, we're going to say it again. Look at a neighbor. Find a neighbor. Hook up with the neighbor. Say, God has something amazing. For your life. I mean, amazing. Okay, now I'm going to tell you what amazing means. Very wonderful. Very wonderful. All right. Ladies, when, when it's birthday, when it's Christmas, when it's Valentine's Day, when it's your anniversary, how many of y'all like amazing? <laughs> Raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Oh, Johnny Ruby knows. <laughs> I love amazing. <laughs> we love, do we not, Winona and Faye? We love amazing. <laughs> Amazing. When we go on a vacation, we like amazing, don't we? Amazing. When we go to dinner, Johnny Roby knows I love amazing ambiance. Bring it on. 
Bring, if, I don't care if you're taking me for a salad. I want ambiance. We love amazing. What? Very wonderful. Right? Very wonderful. Do you know God is a wonderful God? He's an amazing God. And, you know, I had a couple of different messages. And, I was, and then Sean, where did he go? He's back here. When you came on the platform this morning, you said something about amazing. And I said, high five, God. High five. You know, we serve an amazing God who extended amazing grace. And as I was, it, it, it had a, a, we were staying with, with the pastors in their home. And it was so cool. We drove in last night and drove into the addition and we drove around the corner and I re- kind of remembered exactly where I was going and drove around and saw the whole Christmas story in their front yard. <laughs> it was so wonderful. And Johnny Roby said, um, are you sure this is the house? I said, oh yeah, because I know Pastor Shelley likes amazing. <laughs> she, I look around at the decorations and she loves amazing. And um, so what was I saying? Shelley, help me before I said that. We love amazing. Oh, that God, amazing grace. Thank you. Pastor Eric and I are in this club together. It's called 51. <laughs> so you have to really pay attention to what I'm saying, just in case I have a slip, okay? Um, anyway, uh, so God has amazing things for you to live out. Amazing, amazing, amazing things for you to live out. Thank you, Pastor Eric. All right, so we're going to look at a scripture because I'm going to prove it to you. All right? I'm going to prove it to you. Ephesians 1, 11 and 12. And I think we're going to put that up on the screen so you don't even have to turn to it in your Bible because I'm going to use different translations this morning. This is from the Message Bible. All right, it says, It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, He had His eye on us. Is that not incredible? Long before... Long before we first heard of him and got our hopes up. What happened to you when you heard of Christ? Did you get your hopes up? I mean, did it incite hope in you? Did it stir hope up on the inside of you? It did me. Hope, something happened. So it said long before we heard of him and got our hopes up, God had his eye on you. And then it goes on to say, and had designs on us for glorious living. For a wonderful life. For an amazing life. He had his mind on you. And I was thinking about the grace of God. We, okay, here's what I was going to say. So we're at their home. And there's this little nook in our room where I was sitting and I was meditating on the message I was going to bring this morning. And I was thinking about the amazing grace of God. And I know that you all are in a study on, on grace and reigning in that grace and living in that grace and understanding that grace of God. And so this thought came to me this morning. And I was thinking about how that way before, in the very, very beginning of time, God had this ability to look clear through time and know everything that was ever going to go on, every sin, every iniquity, every curse, every, I mean, every ugly thing that was ever going to take place in your life. And I'm just going to use you because, you know, that's, that's what we deal with in our, in, is, is our personal lives, right? In my mind, the things that paralyze me and stop me and become an issue in me moving my story forward is me. It's not you. It's not your junk. It's my junk. You know, I don't have a problem with forgiving you of your junk and seeing that God, you know, can, can bless you and forgive you and you can move your story forward. It's my, my issues that stop my story. And I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about how God already knew every single thing, and so he made sure all that was covered at the cross. He looked through our lives clear to the end and made sure every bit of it was covered on the cross. That is huge. So I can just relax and be okay, knowing that he already knew and made sure it was all covered. He looked through my entire life before he ever put me inside my mother's womb. Because he he already knew all about me. He already knew me before he put me in my mother's womb. Oh, girls, tonight we are going to have such an incredible time. Do not miss. We're going to cover a little bit of that. But I'm telling you, he looked through me and knew everything that was going to happen to me, everything I was going to do, right, wrong, and indifferent, every mess, 
every sin, every problem. He knew every bit of it and made sure it was, it was on the cross. Made sure it was covered in the cross. He did it with you. He did it with you. Shawnee, he did it with you. Johnny, Shelly, Eric, uh, Nabal the Fool. I mean, every person you can even imagine. Barack Obama, Michelle Obama, Natasha Obama, whatever their kids' names are. Nancy Pelosi. Can you even imagine? Seriously, think of all the people in your life that you like or don't like. All their issues, all their problems, Saddam Hussein. I mean, stop and think about it. The father took every bit of that, and that's how amazing he is. And it's, so let's finish reading this, and it says, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's a glorious living. You know, the glory of God is the manifested presence of God. It's the manifested, it's the place where God dwells. And that's the kind of life God wants. That's the amazing life God wants. God wants you to live a life where his presence dwells. He, and that's what the word that we got this morning. I loved that prophetic word. Oh my goodness. I, I wish we could just play it again. And just, oh my God, it was so wonderful. You know, just that glory that he wants us to step into it. And he wants that to be us to become one with his glory. And he wants us that to be the life that we live. My purpose is revealed. My amazing future is is revealed in him, not in the world. You're not going to find your purpose in the world. It says right here, it's in Christ we find out who we are and what we're living for. In him, my amazing life is revealed. There's people looking for it in the world. But it's not going to be revealed in the world. It's going to be revealed in Him. So the, the closer I get to Him and the more I, I, I saturate myself in Him and in the things of God and I, I, I hang out with the people of God and I come to church and I learn and I grow and I, I move my story forward and I walk in that amazing life and I make that decision and I choose to do that. And I choose to stop looking back and I choose to get out of all of that. And I choose to take a step forward and another step forward. And I embrace that fabulousness that God has for me. And I choose to see that he marked me and he had his eye on me. That did something for me when I read this passage. God had his eye on me. And I just want you to know that this morning. God's got his, had his eye on you. All right. You've been called to live out the purpose of God. All right. Now I want you to listen to this because this is really incredible. God's vision for your life, his amazing purpose for your life is so great that if he showed you the full picture or the entirety of the vision, you could not handle it. Do you realize that? How many of y'all spend a lot of time saying, oh, you know, I just want God to show me more. I just want him to show me, you know, if God will just show me a little bit more, then I'll, you know, then I'm going to just step out there and I'm going to do something. Oh, how much time have I spent doing that? Okay, God, I just need you to show Johnny and I exactly what you've got for us to do. Okay, how many of y'all have ever done that? Oh, that's sweet music. Somebody's got something going on over there. Okay, um, somebody didn't turn the phone off, did they? When they came into church today, <laughs> I'm teasing. Okay, um, okay, so how many, what was I talking about? Okay, boy, Jesus, help me. Okay, you couldn't handle it. Okay, so if he showed you, you see, y'all get to help preach this morning. Okay, so if he showed you the whole picture, you couldn't handle it. How many of y'all know you couldn't handle it? If he showed you the whole thing, you'd be figuring out, boy, you'd be mapping your little plan out of how you were going to do what not and all that stuff. You'd have things so messed up in your life. Oh, my goodness. So you know what God does? God shows you just, he just gives you a little piece of it. He just gives you a little bit of it, just a, just a little bit. Just gives you one step, one go. And then you know what we do? We just take that one step. And then as we take that one step and we do that one piece, then we take the next step. Then God will reveal the next step. And that's why a lot of people are doing nothing with their life. They're not even willing to take a step. They're not even willing to do one thing that's in front of them that's obvious that they need to do. Are you listening to me? There's obvious things you need to do in your life right now. Hello. There were obvious things in my life not so long ago I needed to do. Obvious. Say obvious. Okay. If you can't figure out what they are, you can probably talk to someone around you. Ask your pastor. 
you could just find a few people around you and visit with them, and they could help you see maybe some obvious things around you that you could begin to do. And once you begin to take those obvious steps and into a positive direction, moving your life forward, then God begins to reveal the next step. And then the next step begins to happen. And then the next step begins to happen. And you know, if you have to reset, how many of y'all have ever found a reset button? Do you have reset buttons on things? It's okay to reset. When you do something and it doesn't seem to work out quite right, then guess what you do? You reset. And you just keep moving forward. The important thing is that you've got to do something. All right, so let's say that. I've got to do something. You've got to do something. We've got to move our story forward. And before long, you're living your life forward, reaching one goal, taking one step, then the next. You do what is in front of you to the best of your ability, and then God opens the next door, all right? All right, now listen, this is a key. Your purpose, God's vision for your life, must become non-negotiable. Your God's vision for your life must become non-negotiable. It's a no matter what. It's a climb over, go under, go through. It doesn't matter what. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. See, I know what the call of God is on my life. So you know what? It has got to become non-negotiable. There is no negotiating what God's called me to do. You've got to get to that point in your life if you're going to play your story forward. If you're going to move your life forward, you've got to make a decision. You know what? Nothing's stopping me. Nothing's going to get in my way. There are no excuses. There is nothing worth, there is nothing worth selling out what God has called me to do. I, you know, I began the other, about a month or two ago, to, to think about what would it be like to stand in His presence because we're all going to be there. Did you know we're all going to stand in His presence? And there's, I'm not going to say, can I just hold Virginia's hand, Father, before we start talking? Please? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Because there's going to be people that are going to feel that way. Can Johnny just stand by me real close? No, he's going to say, this is just you and me, sister. And I don't want to stand in that place and have to say, well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This is why I didn't do that thing that I really knew you told me to do. This is what happened. This is my excuse. This is the reason why. No, I want to be able to say, you know what? I may have fallen down. But I got back up. I may have missed it. I may have really messed things up, God. But I got back up. I want to, I want to know that at least I gave it my best shot. Because that day is going to come. And I want to know that I stretched and I reached and I pushed and I pulled and I did everything that I know that I needed to do. That I asked for forgiveness when I needed to. And I did everything I needed to do. That I reached for people that there were just times I didn't want to reach for. You know? There were times that, that there's just times you don't feel like doing it. But you do it anyway. Right? Okay, so it's key that your vision and the purpose on your life and the things God sets before you on a daily basis become non-negotiable. Okay? That's just key. Okay, now listen. Lives don't change until someone has a goal that's non-negotiable. You're not going to change lives. Lives aren't going to be changed in this city. Lives around you. Nothing's going to happen until you have a goal that becomes non-negotiable. That is so powerful. Okay, so it's got to become non-negotiable. Okay, and I want you to think about this, your GPS. How many of y'all have a GPS in your in the automobile that you drive? How many of y'all use it? The Robies have, have them in our vehicles. We don't even know how to use them. We have them on our phones. I think we kind of know how to use them on our phones. Most of you probably do have a smartphone. So you have, do you have them on your smartphones? But we have, and some of you probably just have those little GPS. I think you can just buy a GPS thing. Okay. On, the, think about your GPS. Okay. The first step on the GPS, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you have to, in, in, to change your direction or your location, is you have to identify your current location. Is that correct? 
you type in, even if you're just map questing, you know, you're going on a trip and you go into your computer and you're going to map quest and print out a map. The first thing you do is you print the, where you're located, right? So you type in where you're located so that you can change your locations. And then you have to be unwilling to remain where you are. Then you type in where you want to go. Is that correct? And then you print it out and it gives you a map. In order to get to the next step, you have to be able to move forward to be unwilling to remain where you currently are. Does that make sense? So I want you to think about that GPS. You're unwilling to stay where you are. So you print it, you type in where you are, and you say, this is where I want to be. And that's what we've got to say. Where do I want to go? Where do I want to take my life? Where do I want to move my story? What kind of, what kind of legacy do I want to leave my children? And I begin to think about that. I have got four of the most precious, yummy, ooh, they're so incredible, amazing G-babies you have ever laid your eyes on. And I want to leave a legacy for those children. I want them to look at their Gigi and I want them to just think, whoa, she is amazing. Look at her life. I want to preach like her. I want to walk like her. I want to be like her. Oh my goodness, I think she's just it. I just want them to look at me and just be in awe of the Jesus in me. I want them to, to see my story move forward and forward and forward and forward until I'm 98 and a half. That's what I want. And is that going to be my story? Guess what? The choice is mine. The choice is all mine. It doesn't belong to you. You can't move my story forward. You can't move my story forward. And I can't write your story. So we've got to say it's non-negotiable. I'm going to do it. Absolutely. Okay, number two. Difficult times don't mean God has abandoned you. Oh, this is tough. This is, wh- this is where some people move it forward or fall off the boat. And this is something we all have. All right, I want you all to listen to me, and you've got to really pay attention on number two. Difficult times do not mean that God has abandoned you. All right, Psalm 46, verse 1 in the New Living Translation says, God is our refuge and strength. Now, I'm reading to you from the Holy Bible. Say that with me. The Holy Bible. This is in the Bible. I did not write this. I didn't make it up. God inspired someone, David, to write this. It says, God is our refuge. Now, when do you need a refuge? When things aren't going so great. A refuge is a place you run and you hide. It's a place you seek shelter from a storm. It's a, it's a refuge. It's a, it's, a, it's a shelter, okay? God is our refuge and our strength. When do you need strength? When you are, when you are weak, okay? God is our refuge and strength. Always ready to help in times of trouble. He never said you weren't going to have trouble. Did you, do you understand that? God never said we weren't going to have trouble. Amen. You may feel like you are in a night that will never end. You may feel abandoned and forgotten, but I have brought such great, amazing news for you today. Come on. I am ready to tell you something wonderful. In Romans 13, 12, in the NIV Bible, it says, The night is nearly over, and the day is almost here. And I had to, to, to live that, and I had to breathe that. We are living, listen to me, church, in a dark and weary world. But the Bible says that the light of the church, of the righteous, that we are, uh, our light is a bright and shining light that is getting brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And I believe that my light, I tell you this, I've had trouble in my life. I've been through dark times in my life. I'm telling you, I believe this. I don't know if, 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 if it's validated by anyone other than myself. But I believe that my light is getting brighter and brighter and brighter and it's going to be brighter and brighter and brighter tomorrow than it is today. Because it's what the Bible says that we are to shine brighter every day, every day, every day. We should be more electrifying, more amazing, more wonderful. Trouble does not mean that God has forsaken you. Jesus had trouble. Paul had trouble. John the Baptist had lots of trouble. David had trouble. Anyone that walked with God had trouble. 
They were persecuted for walking with Jesus. But you know, we would just walk right through that persecution. Come on. We have victory. I've got the anointing all over me. I reign with him. I have his grace all over me. I'm going to walk right through. Jesus just walked right through trouble. Do you know that? He walked right through it. it, couldn't, it I mean, it's just like he walked right through it. He never said that we weren't going to have trouble. But it, he did not, he, it does not mean that he has abandoned me. It doesn't mean that something's wrong in my life. Okay, so let's read this. Okay. An amazing life does not mean a problem-free, trouble-free life. It means a life filled with the presence of God. A life filled with his light. That he will illuminate your path. That no matter what comes against you, you will make it triumphantly. We are all on a journey. Did you know that we're on a journey? We're on a journey filled with incredible opportunities to impact lives and make a difference. But we have to keep living our life forward. You can't stop, you can't quit, and you can't give up. You can't stop, you can't quit, and you can't give up. How many of you have ever felt like doing that? You just wanted to quit. You just wanted to give up. Okay, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to bear my soul today, okay, because I'm with family, right? So I can do that. You know, I remember a time in my life when, when, as I explained to you, I felt like I was living upside down. Nothing made sense. Everything was a blur. I felt like, um, well, for me, life was a breath at a time. Do you, have you ever heard the term, you know, you just got to live one day at a time? No, that was way too much for me. I couldn't, that was, I couldn't wrap my, my mind around one day at a time. It was like a breath at a time. And it's just like I wanted just to give up and quit. And I can remember that there were times I would just say, okay, God, I'm going to lay down in bed right now, and I just am going to breathe, and I'm done. I just want to take a breath, and I'm going to go home, and I, I just want to go to heaven right now. So I would lay in bed, and this sounds so stupid now. How ridiculous. But anyway, how many of y'all know, when you're in a ridiculous time in your life, you do say and do stupid things and ridiculous things. So I would lay there, and I'd say, okay, and then i think, oh, I'm still here. And I would do that sometimes, like, lots of times in the... In that, a night it was like I, I god must have really found that to be humorous but i would just like go oh i just want to die i just want to die and um i remember the holy spirit speaking to me and he said you are the most selfish person you are going to live to be a ripe old age there was nothing worse he could have said to me because i wanted to die i did not want to live and he said you have children and grandchildren that the, their lives hang in the balance of the choices and the decision that you make. So you better get it together. <laughs> so you know what it was like, okay, I know now he's not going to let me die. Oh, that just, oh, I can think of a word I'd like to say right now, but probably you don't say it in your church, so I won't be saying it. Oh, it was not what I wanted to do, and it did not make me feel good that he said that to me. So I thought, wow, oh my. Okay, so that means I'm going to be living for a really long time, a ripe old age. Usually we believe for that. But at that moment in time, that was not what I wanted. But my script was not what I thought my life was going to be. Okay? And so here I am going, where are you? What has gone on? My life is upside down. This is not the way things are supposed to be. What has just happened to me? Difficult times do not mean God has abandoned you. You may feel abandoned by people around you. Listen to me. But God has not abandoned you. And I'm going to prove it to you. In the word of God, all right? So I want you to go with me, if you would, to, let's see here. Let's go to, i, I tell you where I want you to turn. Let's go to Romans 4, 18. Oh, God is so faithful, I'm telling you. He's a faithful God. Nothing can harm us, not even death. Oh, I learned that. Nothing can harm me, not even death. When I'm at my worst, God is at his best. Okay, I'm just going to read to you a few things I wrote down. I have learned my circumstances and experiences, my emotional struggles and feelings, what other people say or think about me, the mistakes I've made, the sins I've committed don't define me, but who he is in me defines me. Who he is in me defines me. 
and he's amazing. I'm amazing. Say that again. I am amazing. God has an amazing life for you. I'm telling you, what's happened to you does not define you. Your past does not define you. Oh, look at him. I mean, God has taken care of me. God is amazing. God has your future taken care of. God is just amazing. God is amazing. Hallelujah. And so we have to keep living our life forward because God has an amazing life. All right. All right, let's read Romans 4, 18 through 21. In the New Living Translation, it says, Even when there was no reason for hope. I love this. I read this over and over and over in my closet the other night. Even when there was no reason for hope, Abraham kept hoping. You said, there's no reason for me to hope. There was no reason for Abraham to to keep hoping. But he kept hoping. Do it anyway. I had no reason to keep hoping. But I had to decide to keep hoping. You choose. It's what you choose to do. You keep hoping. Abraham kept hoping, believing that he would become the father of many nations. For God said to him, that's how many descendants you will have. And Abraham's faith did not weaken, even though at about a hundred years of age, he figured his body was as good as dead. And so was Sarah's womb. Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger And in this, he brought glory to God and was fully convinced God was able. He was fully convinced God is able to do what he promised. Even when there was no reason to hope, he kept hoping. Why? Because he he believed. He believed that God was able to do what God had promised. He kept looking at the promise. That's what gave him hope. You know what's going to give you hope is you look at the promise that God gave you. You look at the promise that he put in your heart and it keeps hope alive on the inside of you. The greatest reward is on the other side of conflict. The greatest reward is on the other side of conflict. The greatest reward is on the other side of conflict. I'm thinking of a mother giving birth to a child. Her greatest reward is on the other side of conflict. If she never pushes and presses through, she never receives the reward. And our last point this morning, number three, I choose to stretch and expand my reach. Number one, God has an amazing future for you to live out. Number two, difficult times do not mean God has abandoned you. And number three, you've got to choose to stretch. It's your choice. You've got to make the choice this morning. You have to choose to stretch and expand your reach. Why? Because God has an amazing life for you. It's your choice. What are you going to do this morning? Isaiah 54, 2 and 3 in the NIV says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch. Everybody say stretch. Put your arms out and stretch. Let's stretch. We've got to stretch. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes, for you will spread out to the right hand and to the left. So I ask you this morning, how big is your reach? How big are you willing to stretch? How big are you willing to let God allow your reach to become? What are you willing to do? What are you willing to allow him to do through you? What are we really willing to say, okay, God, you know what? I choose to let everything go. You know, I choose to lay everything down. I choose to put everything behind me. There are people, you know, we are, we are called to impact. We are called to nurture. We are called to love. We are called to embrace people. There are so many people in your, in your sphere of influence. There are so many people around you. There are people that you touch. I, you know, I'm going to share just a, a little. I, there was a, a Monday night meeting that I was to attend last Monday night. And um, it wasn't a, ch- a church service, but it was a meeting uh, uh, with some women that I was supposed to go to. And I had just received a phone call that morning that one of the young men that had been in our Woodward church had been in a tragic automobile accident and is now in the presence of the Lord. It was just a really tough phone call for me because he was one of those incredible young men that just never missed a service, was just 
just the glory of the Lord. I mean, he smiled, did he not, Shauna? You never saw him without a glorious smile on his face. Just, he was 46, you know, and it was just tough. And so my emotions were just, you can see me now, my emotions were just crazy. And I thought, you know what? This is a good excuse for me not to go to that meeting. I don't need to go. I just don't feel like it. It was a cold day. It was cloudy. It was dreary. And I didn't really have to be there. So I'm not going to go. And as the day went on, I kept thinking, I really need to go to that meeting. I really don't want to go to that meeting. So I'm not going to go to that meeting. Oh, I really need to go to that meeting. It was one of those things. Have you all ever been there? And sometimes the devil sit on your shoulder, especially coming to church. You know, it's so cold. Nobody will miss me. You know, I really don't have an assignment in the service. And so, you know, whatever. But you know what? I got to thinking, what if somebody there needs me? That became my thought. What if I have a reach in that meeting? What if there's somebody that needs me? And Johnny said, you know, I mean, and I'm fighting tears. It's like through the whole day, I couldn't even hardly talk. And so... It came after time, and I said, you know, I'm going to go to that meeting. And all the way, we're driving clear. Johnny's driving me clear across. We live on the n- more north part of the city, and it was the meeting that I needed to be, be at was on the, more of the south part of the Oklahoma City. And so as we were driving, I was still just fighting tears, and I thought, what am I going to just walk into that meeting and be bawling or what, you know? And I'm fighting tears, and I'm like, Lord, you know... Okay, I could still say, let's just go back home. <laughs> That's really what I wanted to do was just say, okay, Johnny, just let's just go have some coffee at a coffee shop because Johnny and I love to do that. Just go have a cup of coffee and talk. And um, I thought, no, I'm going in there. I am so going in that meeting. I walk in that meeting, and I'm telling you, the strength of the Lord just kind of came Amen. over me. Amen. And Johnny said something to me, and I said, you know, Johnny, this, these were my words. You can ask him. I said, sometimes we have to what we want to do and what we need to do are two different things. Those were the words that came out of my mouth, right, Johnny? What we want to do and what we need to do. I needed to be in that meeting. So I walk in the door to this meeting, and the woman that was leading the meeting, she called me to the front. And so I began to encourage and exhort these women that were at this, at this meeting. And I went back to my seat, and this little girl sitting a, a couple down from me, she looked at me, she says, I've got to get your name and your, your phone number. So after the meeting was over, her and I began to connect. And I just embraced her. And I began to pour out just the love of God to her. It was not a Christian meeting. Okay, but I shared Christ. But when they called me up, you don't put me up in front if you don't want to hear about Jesus. <laughs> Big mistake. So I'm like preaching Jesus, you know, and just sharing all about him and everything. And so um, she said, you're a minister, aren't you? I said, slightly. So I give her my name and we have an exchange, but then I just grab her in my arms and just begin to love her, begin to love her. And the Lord said, give her a hundred dollar bill. So I dig in my purse until I find one and I stuff it in her hand and, and, um, just embrace her. I mean, just pour into her. And here comes another woman comes up to her back and she's laying hands on her. And we just start praying for her. And I want to tell you my, I had a reach that night See what I would have missed had my choice been to have just felt sorry for me and the loss that I was feeling in my life and the emotional struggle that was going on within me if I had just chosen to just buried myself within. And that's what we do all the time. Whether it's going to the grocery store. I mean, how many times do you go to the grocery store and you see somebody you know and you duck and you go down a different aisle? Tell the truth. How many of y'all have done that? Raise your hand. Every one of you, raise your hand. Get your hand up. You do that, don't you? We were discussing that last night. You see somebody, and you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to see them. I don't have my makeup on. I don't look all cute, you know. It's like, you know, if I'm going to talk to somebody, I'm, I certainly want to look cute. I mean, don't we do that all the time? Do you know how many people need what you have? They need my gift. You know you do. <laughs> you need my gift. <gasps> you know, and I'm just in people's face. It's like you like it or you don't. I'm going to be in your face. Because I'm going to make a difference. You're not going to stand before him and he's going to say, you know that Tanya, she was like in your face. Why didn't you, you know, receive it? 
I mean, that's just going to be my legacy, is that at least every opportunity I had, you know, uh, Johnny just recently retired from dentistry, and I would be in the dental office, and I wasn't real useful in a lot of areas. And, you know, I told him, oh, Johnny, I can, I can assist. Um, I've done that. I can assist you. And so he said, okay, put your scrubs on. So I put some scrubs on. And so I'm assisting him one day, and he's like, Susan, you'll appreciate this. Um, and I'm like, oh, that means leave the operatory. I know that one. Johnny's real um, good at giving signals. And I'm thinking, I'm amazing, right? And so... I, I thought, oh, I cannot believe he told me to leave. And so he's like, oh, no, this is so not where you need to be. So you need to go up to the front. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I cannot believe that. Oh, you know? So that was definitely, he says, oh, you're so not going to be my assistant. So I said, okay, well. I'll go to the front then. So I worked up at the front, and I thought, oh, this is so, you know, like the greet, being the greeter and all that, you know, I'm kind of good at that kind of thing. And so I did that for a while when I needed to be. So then I found out that the best place for me was just when he called me in to be, introduce myself to the patients and things like that and connect with them. Oh, I love that. I loved it. And, you know, I would just chat and enjoy and then it got to where I got in trouble for being too loud do you do you like the, the hallways quiet and you know you, he's doing surgery on people and I'm just blocking the halls having a great time with everybody and and you know then I would get in trouble he'd come out in the hall and go it's just true isn't it Johnny so I got in trouble in second grade Mrs. Hardison, Susan, do you remember her? I got a spanking in the second grade for talking too much. The only thing I ever got in trouble for in school was talking too much. The only thing I ever got in trouble for in school was talking too much. Okay, so we've got to choose, church. It's time. It is so time for us to live the amazing life that God has for us. And just to know that God has not abandoned you. I promise you today, if you're living in a dark night, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know your life. I don't know your story. It's been a long time. I don't know your stories, but I'm telling you today, he has not abandoned you, and we have to choose. We have to choose, amen, that we're going to move our story forward. We're going to live our life forward, and we're going to do great things for God. He's got great things for you, and I just want you to now start thinking in your mind, how can I reach further? Every single day, I want my reach. I just told God I want my reach to be greater. I want it to be greater. Who can I reach today? Oh, God, whose face can I get in today? Oh, God, I'm going to stop saying no to opportunities. I'm going to quit feeling sorry for myself and living within. And God, just use me. If it's my children, if it's my grandbabies, the opportunities I have to love, the opportunities I have to encourage, the opportunities I have to aggravate people that are just sitting in their do-nothingness, let me... Ask them to make announcements. Let me ask them to pray. And then they're preaching. And then they're prophesying. And then they're leading. And, and, and then, then she's in leadership. And she's leading you and stirring you up to lead. And, and I mean, I just look at you guys and I just, oh, I'm just excited for you. Oh, it's so wonderful. So I want you to stand with me if you would. Mm. Oh, Father, we love you. We just appreciate you, Lord, that you love us so much and your grace is so rich and so full and it just covers our lives and, and our yesterdays and our todays and our tomorrows. And that there's a release available in this place today. That whatever it would be that would have us in that routine and that rut and the darkness of the night, Father, that's keeping us from moving our story forward and keeping us from playing it forward and, and, and walking it out and doing that thing that, that you put in us in that vision, Father, that we would step out of that today. That we would just step out of that. God, I just want us to step out today. I want us to step out of it. The sorrows and the hurts and the wounds and the obstacles and the Oh, God, whatever it is. Oh, Jesus, we just love you. You're the only one who can do it. I can't do it. I can't do it, Lord. 
Oh, Father, we can't do it in and of ourselves, but you can do it through us. You can do it in us. You can take us to a new place. I want to go to a new place in you. We want you to use us. We want you to show yourself mighty through us. So we bless your holy name today. I want you just to lift your hands up. Father, I ask that the anointing of the Holy Spirit would would reveal to us right now just where we are what you want to do in us. Holy Spirit, we set that GPS on our current location. We know you have an amazing life for us to live. And some of us, Father, find ourselves in that same place that we've been living life and doing life. And we know, God, that it's time to move our story forward. It's time to take our life to that, that, that place, Father, that you've ordained us to walk. And, Father, we're ready now to realize that the things that have gone on in our life that you have not abandoned us. And that you've given us the tools that we need to take the next step so that we can begin to move forward. And so we're making that choice today. And I want you to close your eyes. I want you just to close your eyes this morning. I don't want anybody to look. I, want, I just want this to be a, just a kind of a private time. But if you're here this morning and you would say, you know, Tanya, that's me. I, I feel like I'm in a dark night. and I just feel like I'm stuck. I feel like I'm in the same place, doing the same thing, the same way. And I'm ready. I I really want to move it forward. I want to play my story forward. I want to move on with God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to take the next step. Okay, I want you to lift your hand up. let's, Let's have everybody put your hands down first. I'm sorry. Now I want your hands to go up if you say, that's me. Nobody's looking. No one's watching. No one's going to see, see you but me. Okay, I see that hand. I see that hand. I see those hands. I'm ready to move my story forward. I see your hand. I see those hands. I'm ready to go forward with God. Hallelujah. I'm going to step out. I'm going to do... Okay, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, keep your hand up. Father, I just lift my hand up and I pray over each one of these this morning. Father God, they're ready to take the next step. They're ready to move their story forward, Father. They're ready, Father God, to move out of that place that has held them back and has kept them down. Father, we pray for them that they will be free in Jesus' name. That the anointing of the Holy Spirit will break the darkness of the night off of their lives. And that, Father, they will be released. They'll be released to move forward in you. I just release them right now. I release them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. To walk on, to push forward. And to push through. And to live the amazing life that God has for them. And Father, I now pray over this entire congregation. I thank you, Father, for new days and new beginnings. I thank you, Father God, for the amazing things you have for this church. I thank you, Father, for the impact they're going to make on this city. I thank you, Father, that we're going to stretch and we're going to reach. We're going to increase, Father God, the reach that we have. We're going to begin, Father God, to do the things. We're going to do the impossible We're going to allow our gift and the brightness of our light to shine. Father, you're going to light our path. Your light, Father, is going to shine upon our path. Our journey is going to become brighter. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you that goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. That we're going to run our race, Father God. We are going to run it all the way to the finish line. And Father God, we cannot wait. We cannot wait to stand in your presence. And behold your glory. But I thank you, Father, that every day is a day in your presence. Every day is a day in your glory. Every day is a day, Father God, filled 
filled with you, full of you, Father God, that we're just so full of you today. And so I bless this ministry. I bless the pastors. I bless Eric and Shelley and the work that they're doing. Oh, God, I just love them. I just thank you for them. I thank you for the faithfulness and the integrity that they walk in. I thank you, Father God, for that their vision is non-negotiable. I thank you for that, Father. I know it. I know it, God. I know it to be a fact. And I thank you for those that are called to be with them and to lift them up and to encourage them and those that are called to run with them to see that come to pass. And, and, and I just thank you, Father, that you're bringing them in. And I thank you for the, the passion that they have, intensifying and growing and weariness falling off and energy just increasing in their lives. And, and I just bless them, Father, and their family and their children and their grandbabies. And I just bless their family. And I just thank you for them, Father. And I thank you for this opportunity today, Father, to stir these people up, these precious people. And I thank you, Father, that the work is continued. I thank you for that. I just thank you so much, Father. You're such a good God. And we rejoice in who you are in this place and who you are in our lives. In the precious name of Jesus.